Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Welcome to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast about God's promises and the impact that believing and praying those promises has on our lives as disciples of the Lord Jesus. I am so glad you're listening today, and my prayer is that this episode will be an encouragement to you right where you are in your life at this very moment. Because wherever we find ourselves, our God is there too. And whatever we're facing today, we never face it alone, thanks to the goodness of our God. I'm trusting I'm trusting that God is going to answer that prayer that I've prayed on your behalf as I share today from the first chapter of Luke, Luke chapter one. You ready? I tell you what, I'm ready. Let's go. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 129. Okay, so Luke is like a go-to book during the month of December, isn't it? Like the first two chapters... You know, they're super rich. The text there is all about Jesus, his advent, his birth, the hope that comes with the birth of the Lord of the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, all the prophecies fulfilled at his birth. Sometimes, though, because we hear it every December, we can wander. Like, think about you're sitting in church, it's, it's a Christmas sermon, or even during worship, you're singing Christmas songs, your thoughts can wander. And I almost feel like it's more prone to happen at this time of year simply because your to-do list is super long. You you haven't like been given a pass from work, but yet all the things you have to do, that list has grown longer and longer. So it's really easy to let your mind wander, especially, you know, the pastor starts reading from Luke chapter two, mind starts wandering because you've heard it before. You're singing a Christmas carol during worship, and rather than really leaning in and engaging in what you know, these words of this amazing, beautiful song, what they're actually saying and worshiping the Lord, it's easy for our thoughts to kind of just wander. It happens, right? It happens to all of us. So this is not a guilt or shame thing. I believe in guilting and shaming because I don't think those are things that the Lord really uses. He convicts and he brings change and he disciplines, but he doesn't need to guilt and shame us because that's like, that's the enemy's MO, right? So I'm not guilting and shaming you, I'm just saying it happens. It happens to me, it happens to all of us, but I want to say that to follow up with an encouragement that uh, even though that's second nature to kind of lose focus and not pay attention as well as we could or as well as we should, even though that happens, I want to encourage you to just, this is like a good reminder. It's a good reminder to focus again. You catch your thoughts wandering, just come back in. Hey, welcome back. Come back in. Let's focus on the message. Let's focus on worship and renew our focus right there in the middle of the sermon if you need to. Shut down the continual to-do list like it can start running in the background of our mind without us even thinking about it. 
It just sort of happens and then it kind of takes over and that's actually what we're really thinking about. You can shut that down and just decide to listen. Now I'm going to pay attention to this right now. That can wait. That's really all you have to do to refocus your attention, to be an attentive church goer, to take some notes. Like that helps too. Take some notes. Like Have a plan for that too. Use the notes app on your phone. Bring a journal and your favorite pen. Hop on Amazon. Add it to your Christmas list, a sermon notes journal. They're, they're just so handy. They're small enough to fit, to carry easily if you're a man, to fit in your, your purse, your bag. If you're a woman, have a plan to take some notes. Your mind will not be wandering when you are in note-taking mode. It's just a lot less likely to happen. Um, what about the outline? I mean, doesn't, you know, doesn't one usually come in your bulletin? Use the outline. Just bring a pen. Shut off your wandering thoughts by using these basic things. A notes app, a journal, a pen, your bulletin, boom. Otherwise, what happens is you're going to miss something, right? Of course, you're going to miss something if you don't shut down and shut off the busyness of your mind that are all the things you need to get done because it's almost Christmas, it's 10 days away. Spend that time paying attention to a message about the Christ of Christmas. Even if you feel like you've heard sermons from this particular text many, many times before, well, so? So what? Really? That's a great question to ask yourself, too. I've heard this before. And so, listen, listen, take some notes and expect the Lord to have something to say to you. Your pastor, he worked to put that message together. And God does not intend for you to leave emptier than when you arrived. The worship team does not want that. Your pastor does not want that. You got to go all in by dialing in and pay attention. Okay, so that's my encouraging admonition to you this Christmas season. All that to say, as I begin to read today's passage, as I start reading, I really want you to listen. I want you to listen with your ears, but with ears to hear and a heart to understand, with a mind that wants to grow in your knowledge of the Word of God, with a desire to know Jesus better and better, better than you ever have before. By the time this Christmas has come and gone, if you have a desire to know Jesus better than you ever have before, Man, can you even imagine what's better than that? That's fantastic. God loves to bless a heart like that. He really does. And I, I mean that very, very seriously with all the sincerity that I can muster. When we want to know him better and better, don't you think God will honor that? I think he will. So I'm going to read some words from Luke chapter 1. Their verses. Uh, I'm going to read the Amplified verses 46 to 55. And this passage of scripture is known as the Magnificat. It's also known as Mary's Song. So this is a young woman. This is a very young woman. Mary would have been very young, who is verbally out loud praising the Lord as she meets with her cousin, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is at this point in the biblical record, expecting a child in her old age. And that child would grow up to be John the Baptist, the forerunner to Jesus, the Messiah. These two women, they're separated by a wide age span. They're both expecting the unexpected. They're both expecting, like literally with the baby in them, expecting an expected mom, expecting the unexpected at seasons in their lives that were pretty well figured out at that point. Mary, well, she was engaged, soon to be married, you know, kind of ready, gearing up to begin her new life as a wife and to step fully into womanhood. And Elizabeth, she was an elderly woman, far beyond hope of having her heart's cry of prayer for a baby to be answered. She'd prayed this prayer 
but she probably wasn't praying for a child when she was in her old age. That's just really not, that's not usually how that works. So here they were stepping into the most vital, important roles of their lives at very unexpected times. They've got this life is figured out for them. This, they know what's next. And yet they didn't know what was next. They, they needed to realize that the babies they were expecting uh, were, this is a big deal. And I think they did realize that. As a very young teen and as a very old woman, they're stepping into the most vital and important roles of their lives. That's something I want you to think about while I read these handful of verses from Luke chapter one. The Christmas story, it reminds us that we're living with wisdom. It's wise living when we live with an expectancy for the unexpected. So as I read, I hope the Lord will speak to you about expecting the unexpected. There may be some particular area of your life where this will really strike a nerve. If so, spend some time praying about that. Listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say to you. Our God is still doing his profound and amazing work in this day. And I have a feeling that he may just have something unexpected up his sleeve for you and for your life. Okay, let me read. And Mary said, My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed and happy and favored by God. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, to be worshipped in purity, majesty, and glory." And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who stand in great awe of God and fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy just as he promised to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Isn't that just beautiful? Isn't that a beautiful way for her to just answer back in light of what what has happened with her and with Elizabeth? How do you, how do I respond to the unexpected? Is it like that? Is it like Mary responded? You know, Mary was going to deal with some scorn, some ridicule, probably accusations of being, you know, of infidelity and unrighteousness. And she probably, in the small town life in which she lived, the small town world that was that that era in time, she wasn't going to be able to duck and run and hide and dodge this. This was not going to be short-term like, hmm, Mary, uh, pregnant but never been with a man. Uh-huh. No, no she wasn't going to be able to to just like hide from that or, or outrun it. This is going to be a long haul kind of a thing. Scorn and ridicule for the long haul, that's tough. That's tough. It, and it was probably going to be somewhat scary, like a, a somewhat difficult path to walk, just thinking of just the pregnancy, just what she knew was coming next. This is going to be a little bit scary. She did not immediately know whether or not Joseph was going to offer her a certificate of divorce, divorce her, and send her away quietly, as the Bible says, or if he might continue with the marriage as planned. She probably assumed, um, I don't know, I don't want to speak for Mary of this situation, but she may have assumed it was, you know, totally up in the air. She might have assumed, well, I'm probably not going to get married. We don't see her arguing with God 
in spite of all of those kinds of things. She did not know in any way, shape, or form what her future held, other than the information she had been given by the angel. Did she give way to fear or anxiety? Did she doubt the goodness of God toward her? I, I can't say that she never had any anxiousness. I mean, at the very least, she probably was anxious about pregnancy, labor, and delivery because every mom, especially your first time having a baby, you have some twinges of anxiousness when you're thinking about labor and delivery. Actually, for me, it didn't matter if it's time number five. You still have a little bit of like, what's this going to be like? Kind of anxiousness a little bit. You just don't totally know. So for sure, that could have crossed her mind as her pregnancy went on. But overall, I don't think she had a lot of doubts based on her response to the angel, based on what we just read uh, in Mary's song. I don't think she had a lot of like doubts as in doubting or questioning God or his goodness or his holiness. And here in her song, The Magnificat, we see her talking about all of Israel being blessed, all of Abraham's descendants receiving what was promised. She wasn't thinking about herself all that much from what I can tell, from what I read in the Bible. She wasn't thinking about herself. She was too busy praising God and rejoicing in his faithfulness to his people and to the entire world. She was too busy with that to think about her own self and her own problems and and having a pity party. It's really, truly remarkable. It's so beautiful. And what an example of how to rightly deal with the unexpected in our lives in a way that honors God. Here she is stating that God's mercy is upon generation upon generation. The time she mentions herself, she mentions herself with thanksgiving and rejoicing and exalting the Lord. Do you think our lives would look a bit different if this kind of response, if this level of trust in God that just rolls right on over into worship and thanksgiving and praise and rejoicing and thinking of how this is going to bless other people rather than thinking about the ways it's going to be difficult or hard or taxing or trying for us. Do you think our lives would look different with that kind of a response if we thought of ourselves less and rejoiced in God more? Even when, even when we do not understand the unexpected things that come upon us, could we possibly try to stand on what we do understand, which is that we're in the hands of a trustworthy God every single moment of every single day, and we really truly can rejoice in what he is doing. Perhaps, maybe even especially in the unexpected things that he's doing. And even if, even when, if isn't really the right word, it's more like when, even when other people, they just don't get it, like they might be asking out loud or just wondering to themselves and their own thoughts, why would God lead that person in that direction? Why would God lead you that way? Why would God do this thing in your life? Because that does not seem like the thing that everybody else thinks is the best thing for your life. Why would God do that? Even when people don't get it, even when we're misunderstood, even if God is misunderstood. Okay, really think about that. Even if God is misunderstood, And based on the things we read in the Bible, isn't God very often misunderstood? Wasn't Jesus misunderstood by by the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious system of that day? Even if we're misunderstood, even if God is misunderstood, can we still rejoice and be grateful and celebrate in advance even, celebrate ahead of time, the ways that God is working to bless many, many people? 
Our lives do not operate in vacuums. And God is always wanting to bless people on an ever-widening scale. He has not stopped being in the rescuing, saving, redeeming, healing, restoring, and blessing business. He hasn't stopped. Why do we seem surprised when he does what he loves to do? We ought to expect God to be about his work of redemption and healing and, and of course, conviction and guidance. Because decent fathers discipline and provide guidance and instruction, right? And he is more than a decent father. We ought to expect it when he does the unexpected in our lives. Our Bibles show us this pretty much every time we open them and read. We should believe that he is both trustworthy and a very, very good, perfect in all of his ways, God. And thus we should believe him for the unexpected. Expect it and believe him for good things when he does the unexpected. There is hope. There is hope for us this Christmas. There is hope for you this Christmas. You might need to just hear that one more time. There's hope for all of us this Christmas because of Jesus. There's hope for you this Christmas because your God is in the business of doing the unexpected. Do you have some part of your life where maybe Um, you know, it's just really hard. Can you pray and ask God to do something, do the unexpected, do something unexpected, do something like a biblical proportion, something that lines up with the kinds of things you read in your Bible right there in that exact spot, that part of your life. There's hope for you. I really want you to get that today. There is hope for you this Christmas. God is on the move. God is on the move, but it may not be in the way that you've been expecting. He's too good to just merely meet our expectations. He is so incredibly good that he fully intends to exceed those expectations. May his work in your world, your personal world, in your life, surprise you and provide you with exceeding and abundant joy this Christmas right here and right now. And may you find joy and peace as you trust in the God who works in unexpected ways. Merry, Merry Christmas to you. I really do mean that when I say that. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Merry and blessed Christmas to you. This is a shorter episode today, so I'm going to go ahead and leave you with, um, I'm going to read the Magnificat one more time. And I just want you to know that if you need hope, God offers it through Jesus. Expect the unexpected, but expect to be blessed. God loves you so much, and I'm so thankful for you. Merry Christmas to you. And Mary said, My soul magnifies and exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has looked with loving care on the humble state of his maidservant. For behold, from now on all generations will count me blessed and happy and favored by God. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, to be worshipped in his purity, majesty, and glory. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who stand in great awe of God and fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his powerful arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy 
just as he promised to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Lord bless you this Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Bert Not Ernie show. I'm really so thankful for each and every listener. And for those of you who are not in the part of the world that I live in, who are in different countries around the the world, I just want to extend to you a very, very Merry Christmas. I am so honored by the people in other parts of the world that they take the time to listen to the show. I pray, I do pray for you. I pray for you. I scroll through and I see the list of countries and I pray over you that you would be blessed beyond measure, that God would do amazing and mighty things in your life and in your midst, that your families, that your businesses, your workplaces, that your, um, your health, just every need that you might have, that God would be in it, that you would see him moving and acting, that he would, you would see him answering your prayers because he longs to answer your prayers, that you would pray prayers based on the word of God and that you would even, even if it's just the hardest season of your life, maybe that you've ever encountered, that you would just go all in with the Lord and pray and pray and pray big and bold prayers. And I'm praying with you and for you that God will do everything he has promised to you in his word and that his kingdom would expand because you are all in with the Lord, that through your life, there'll be an impact that will stretch into eternity. That's my prayer for you. And uh, I'm going to keep praying those things and bigger and bolder things for you because God loves you so very much. I'm so very thankful for you. I just really want you to know that. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. And Lord bless you again. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.